I know for me, whenever I, whenever I ask a closed-ended question and then I get a yes or no, I'm like, oh, fuck, that wasn't enough. <laughs> and then I notice it. I'm like, wait, I still need more. Like, why do I feel like, you know, still stuck? And it's like, oh, because I only got a yes or no and I don't know the reasoning behind the yes or no. Let me ask another question so I can understand the reasoning, you know? And then I put myself out there again to ask another question. Welcome to What I Love About Sex, where some incredible guests and I, Steph Kanowski, will be bringing you the tools for improving your sex life with topics such as sex issues with your partner, sexual self-confidence, premature ejaculation, sexual shame, masturbation, sharing your fetishes, orgasmic pleasure, and more. Sex is still so taboo, and I personally believe that by improving our understanding and communication skills around sex, we can enhance our own self-pleasure as well as deepening our long-term romantic relationships. So listen in, try to stay open-minded, and let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode on the What I Love About Sex podcast. Today's episode is a specific sex communication tip that hopefully is very helpful for all of you guys. And before I dive into it, I want to remind you that the next week is my second masterclass. It is called How to Get More Blowjobs and Put Her in a Sexy Mood. Um, this is mostly around communication. All right, so what I'll be speaking about today is a tiny part of what you'll get out of that masterclass because it is all around getting you comfortable opening up more sexually with your partner in conversation, by asking questions, by showing that you care, which is what women are really looking for. Women are looking to be heard and they're looking to have discussions with you and create more emotional intimacy with you so that they can be sexually vulnerable with you as well. The missing piece is often communication. So really important masterclass. Definitely sign up. The registration link is in the description of this episode. All right, so today's communication tip that I'm going to share with you is about asking open-ended questions, especially when it comes to your sex life. All right, so we're going to use all the sex, couple sex examples today, but I want you to see the difference in how powerful it is to ask an open-ended question versus a closed question. So a closed question results in a yes or no answer. That's it. It can't go any farther because it's a question that sounds like, do you want to try this toy? Do you want to try anal sex? Um, And if your partner's like, no, and no, it just, the conversation stops there, right? It's kind of awkward to continue. And sometimes people do try to continue obviously, but then it's just more frustrating for the receiving partner because it feels like a bunch of conversations are stopping and starting and it doesn't flow. It also doesn't show you a lot about what the person's feeling because you're not digging into, uh, you're not like taking it further. You're just, it's like being chopped and then you ask something else and then it's chopped and then you ask something else. So we are often in this habit of asking yes or no questions because it's just, it's typically easier to ask these type of questions and they don't require a lot of vulnerability. It's usually just a yes or no response we're looking for. But when we get no as a response, we feel that much more frustrated 
because we don't understand why. And instead of getting further information by asking an open-ended question, we sit with that no and we feel rejection and we feel anger and then we get defensive and say mean things back. So it just it's more likely to lead to a lot of problems when you think in terms of closed-minded questions. Now let's look at an example of an open-ended question with the same example I gave you of the toy. Instead of saying, hey, do you want to try this toy? An example of an open-ended question would be something like, hey, what do you think of this What do you think of these toys on this website? Which one speaks to you most? See, that's not, that's presenting her with something, you know, first of all, um, and this doesn't always have to be the case, but if you were to actually show her the website as you're scrolling so that she can actually view it and give you a response and open up a dialogue around it, um, then it's more like, hey, which toy looks best to you? Which of these would you try, if any? Why would you try that? These are open-ended questions. Which one? Why would you do it? How do you feel about this? It's not, which one of these do you want to try? Um, I mean, it's not, would you try this? You know, which is a closed, a closed question. So notice the difference in that because if you're asking a question like which one of these stands out most to you and why or which one of these do you think you would, which one of these would you like to try, which one of these do you think we should try, I was thinking about this one. What are your thoughts on that? You're actually looking for her feedback. You're actually being curious, right? And I did a few episodes speaking a lot around curiosity and the importance of being curious. I know I talked about this a lot in the rejection episode, handling rejection that I did maybe like two episodes ago or something. But, but it's the whole idea that the more curious you are, genuinely curious, the more likely you are to ask open-ended questions. So if you're struggling asking open-ended questions and you find yourself always asking closed questions that that only require yes or no, I want you to go back to curiosity and ask yourself, all right, am I being curious or am I putting my guard up? Am I actually opening up a conversation that may give me answers I don't want to hear, but I can learn more? Or am I asking closed-ended questions to keep me safer? Because that's what we tend to do. Whenever we're asking closed questions, it's a subconscious feeling of like wanting to end the conversation because it's a little uncomfortable. And you might be afraid of what response you get or what details you get. So you only ask a question that, that, that gets you an answer but also protects you. You know, it's like a, it's a protective mechanism in a way. Sometimes people are just doing it out of habit because that's all they've ever known. So it's not always, you know, this protective thing. A lot of people are frustrated because they never get answers, but they don't realize that they're only asking these closed questions. And when you ask closed questions constantly, like I said, you never really learn. You never really get the whole story. You just get the result answer. You don't get the feelings that led to that answer. So that's what... 
that's what it takes to be a better communicator and to be better at expressing your own emotions too, is to be able to ask these questions. And then when you share these questions, I think for men, um, what, what is easier for you guys to get in the habit of sharing how you're feeling about something? Oh, sorry. My alarm, even though I've been up for two hours. Cool. <laughs> um, even when you're... Sorry, that threw me off a little bit. Um, okay, so I think for men, what is better is to get in the habit of asking open-ended questions to get her to have a response that's more detailed and expressive. And in turn, that makes you feel like you can then share more of your details and expression, right? Because if we can feel safe in our conversation with our partner, we're more likely to give more information to them. And sometimes that safety comes from seeing them be expressive and give us some details. And it's like, okay, well, now it's my turn. Now I can do that too. Or you can look at it the other way where it's like, all right, I'm going to do my best to to open up and share my thoughts on this. And then I'm going to ask her a question. You know, maybe if she's less receptive to discussions like this and you're more comfortable in the conversations, maybe it's about you starting with, hey, I was looking at this website and I thought maybe we could try we could try this toy. And I thought so because I thought you'd really like it because of this feature and I would really like it because of this feature. What do you think about it? And that way you're sharing and expressing first and then you're opening the door for her to share and express also. So maybe first determining... Am I more comfortable or do I find myself to be the one who is more comfortable expressing themselves in the relationship? And maybe that means that I need to share a little bit more before asking an open-ended question. And if your partner, if she's, if she's usually sharing more, then maybe it's about asking her the question first, hearing her response, and then acknowledging her response and then reacting with your detail and expression. All right, so I hope this is landing for you because it is so effective when you start asking questions that lead to the whole story versus asking questions that lead to a yes or no. It just, it feels like a dead end, right? I know for me, whenever I, whenever I ask a closed-ended question and then I get a yes or no, I'm like, oh, fuck, that wasn't enough. <laughs> and then I notice it. I'm like, wait, I still need more. Like, why do I feel like you know, still stuck. And it's like, oh, because I only got a yes or no and I don't know the reasoning behind the yes or no. Let me ask another question so I can understand the reasoning, you know? And then I put myself out there again to ask another question. So it's not even like you messed up if you asked a, a yes or no question or a closed question. You could still you could still go further, continue the conversation and, and then ask an open-ended question. And I tell this to guys all the time, you know, if you are in the habit of doing something in your sex life or in your communication with your partner, in the way you react to something, and you're like, oh, fuck, like I'm trying to get out of this cycle, but I always do this. It sucks. I never catch myself in time. I don't want you to beat yourself up because we can always, we can always go back and try again. And what I mean by that is if you 
are used to having a certain reaction to her when when she says she doesn't want sex at the moment and maybe your reaction is rolling your eyes and saying of course and then walking away and you're trying to change that because you're like I don't like reacting that way and I don't like her rejection determining the way that I feel as a man so you're trying to change that response in the beginning of changing that response I mean first of all you got to understand what you want the new response to be right you can't just come up with it in that moment when it's heated and your emotions are high right that's not going to work so you have to get clear on all right what do I want my response to be to rejection that I could be that's constructive and that I feel I feel proud of for reacting that way I feel emotionally mature reacting that way um so first understanding it and then understanding that the first few times you try to implement it most likely you'll you won't implement it (laughs) most likely you'll go back to your old cycle and you'll react with the eye roll and say of course and then you might catch yourself and be like fuck I didn't do the new reaction that I was thinking of And instead of beating yourself up, just acknowledge that and tell yourself, oh, shit, I didn't do the new reaction. All right, let me go back and say something to to kind of redo that. Because if you catch yourself and you go back and then you say you go back to her and you say, hey, uh, just so you know, I didn't want to roll my eyes and say, of course, Um, I'm frustrated that we can't have sex right now, but... I understand it's not going to work now. Maybe we can talk later about a time when it can work. What do you think about that? And that's constructive. That's going back and you're kind of redoing what you did in order to change the cycle of behavior. So I always tell guys, like no matter what it is, it could be rejection, it could be anything. You know, if you realize that you have a tendency to do something and you're caught in a cycle of reacting a certain way, you don't have to look at it as, fuck, I failed again. You could catch yourself and say, all right, let me go back and and fix it. Not fix it, meaning go make her feel better. It's not about that. It's about making yourself. It's more about making yourself feel better about your own reaction. Okay, so this isn't just done to please her. That's not what I'm saying. This is done to please yourself. Because if you have a goal of changing your behavior, then you need to catch when you have the wrong behavior and you need to immediately change it. And even if there's a time lag, you can still do that. And it will still be so much more effective for the next time you encounter that same situation. You're that much more likely to respond the way that you want to respond because you've been aware and you've been fixing it. And that time gap will shorten and shorten. I think it also works really well when you're trying to try new things in the bedroom. So I always get the question of how do I incorporate spicier sex? How do we try new things? How do I get her to try this? Um, How do I get her to give me more blowjobs? Which is what uh, a portion of this, this, my masterclass is going to be about next Thursday. Um, And what this is... What, what gets you the answer is open questions, right? Questions like, hey, how do you feel about bondage and spanking? How do you feel about anal sex? 
Why do you feel that way? If you were to try it, what would it, what would it take for you to try it? Or even think about trying it? What's the most exciting part about it to you? See how you're not just saying, hey, you want to try anal? No. Okay. Fuck. You know, like, you're, you're trying to understand where the person's coming from, where your partner's coming from. Because if she can expand, maybe there's a certain fear that's just, it, it doesn't really make sense once you guys talk it through, but she doesn't understand that until it's talked through. And we have to acknowledge that if we really want to try something, I would say it's not so much about convincing, but it's about helping our partner understand um, where they're at there and if it could be possible to, to do this thing with us. So for instance, if she's totally against anal and she's like, no, I'm never having anal sex. I think it's disgusting. I think it's painful. I think um, it's just never something I would ever want to do. And you knew that from the start of our relationship then that's her boundary. And she has every right to hold that boundary and maintain that boundary, and she should, if that's how she truly feels. And she should never have to cross that boundary simply because you desire anal sex. Right? That's not fair. So if someone is, if she is on the fence about it, and she's like, you know what, Uh, I don't know. It's kind of, I feel like it's kind of gross. Instead of you saying it's not gross, Not that you always talk like that, but like (laughs) instead of you saying, it's not gross, we could just try it. You know, that's not, that's not opening the conversation. If you say something like, huh, it's interesting. Like, what do you find really gross about it? Do you, because potentially something could come out. Like, is that what's grossest to you? Don't assume you know the answer. Ask, ask questions to get the answer. No assumptions right? Because that's where frustration comes from. You assume and then you start talking as though she told you something that she didn't actually tell you. So to ask a question like, okay, what's, what do you think is gross about it? I'm curious. And she's like, oh, well, you know, it's in there. What if this happens? I heard a story of a girl where this happened and that, that kind of scarred me. And then saying something like, like, yeah, well, that's pretty intense. I don't think that's that's the average person. That's kind of a crazy story, and that is a bit – I could see how that could be scarring. But what do you think about – what if we tried, like, really, really slow, like, even with a pinky finger? Would that be just as gross for you? Eh, I don't know, probably. Really? What about What about if I just, like, touched it and rubbed it? and saw how you felt about that. Would that still be great? Is that something you think you would ever try? I don't know. Maybe I'd try that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if we tried that, you can even, we can even use a lot of lube and I would just add a little bit of pressure and I promise, you know, I won't do anything you don't want me to do. I could just stay on the outside and just see how you feel about it. We could just try it and see how it feels. Would you be down like next time? And I'll just, before we have sex, I'll just mention it. Ah, okay. Yeah, maybe. Um, Yeah, let me know. Next time we have sex, mention it. And then maybe we'll give it a try that time. Okay. All right. Yeah, let's just try it out. And if you're not, if you're not a fan, you know, we can maybe try something else. Okay. See how that's, 
there's no there's no shaming there's no defensiveness it's an open understanding conversation that leads to an effective outcome of actually trying something that she is comfortable with he's desiring at a a baby step level right I always say like start with the baby steps start really really small and that's what that's what gets results. There's too many people who get upset because it's like, oh, I just want to fuck you in the ass and you're not letting me. <laughs> like, like, not with that attitude, I'm not. <laughs> especially, especially anal sex, I think. Because I get, I'm using this example because I get so many guys who are like, how can I convince her to do anal? And anal is such a, it's so vulnerable. It's, it can be extremely uncomfortable if done incorrectly or done too quickly and and a woman really needs to trust you sexually and she really has to feel relaxed in order for it to be pleasurable so if she's not in complete trust with you um aka she has not had a talk about it with you like what I just talked about the example I just gave most likely she will not feel comfortable if she doesn't extensively talk it through with you um, and not every woman is going to have to do that, but I think most women will who have not had it before because it can be very scary and, like I said, uncomfortable. And you want a man who you completely trust um, and a communication level in order to do things like that. It's not the same as vaginal sex. It is not... The, the vagina can take a beating, you know? It's like, I mean, most vaginas. I shouldn't say that because some women do have, um, not all vaginas can. I take that back. But overall, the vagina is meant to be very, like, think about it. Like, babies come out of it. So <laughs> it's meant to take a lot of pressure um, or it has the, has the potential to. Um, but the anus, if it's like a muscle and if it's not stretched correctly, and um, things are done that it's not prepared for and she's not aroused enough to be able to accept something to enter, it's, like I said, just extremely painful if done incorrectly and not prepared for. So that's why it takes a level of communication to, to try things like this. It's the same as any... Um, it's the same as any kink, really. That's why I really admire the BDSM community because they are so communicative. And it's so relieving to watch a BDSM scene. And I had to watch some of them for um, my sexology schooling. And just watching it, and also personally being part of experiences, kink experiences, it's so much communication (laughs) like it is so much hey this is what we're gonna do exactly this is how fast it's gonna go how do you feel about that um are you ready to try this when I say this word um I will stop immediately say the word back to me like when you're really creating a safe environment you have to overly communicate so the fact that there's over you're overly communicating, it makes you feel this extra safety with the person. And that's why afterwards, it's it actually is more bonding um, because the experience was so, there's so much communication in the beginning. 
um, it was so intense throughout the sexual experience. Like, there's a lot of like feelings and emotions and sometimes pain is involved and all these things are involved, right? And then afterwards, um, the majority of um, BDSM partners who participate in, in it um, will also take very seriously the post-sexual experience or the post-BDSM experience. It's not always... It's, it's not always about penetration. So the fact that it opens with so much communication is very intense and expressive and then closes with a lot of emotional connection and concern around how it went for them. Not concern, but com- more communication. So that's how I believe all sex should be to a certain extent. I mean, I don't think you need to overly communicate as much if you're into a kink, uh, as if you were into a kink um, the majority of the time, but... It's just doing that. You have to think about doing things outside the norm need even more communication than you would think. Um, so if she's not getting that communication and she's not understanding that you know how she feels and what she's apprehensive about, if you're clueless about that side, she'll just keep saying no because she doesn't feel emotionally ready and the conversation has not been opened up or there are no details within it. Like she's not able to fully express how she's feeling. And that's how we, that's how we typically move forward with things, right? It's like when our partner has a full understanding of something and they, I, we know that they're listening and they know how we actually feel and they're not assuming. They actually are listening and know how we feel. That's when we feel safe with them. And this is why a lot of women feel like men don't listen because they'll say something and the guy will be like no that's ridiculous why would you feel that way and it's like okay but it's that those are my feelings like you can't just label them ridiculous and move on with the conversation that's not fair you know like you're not listening to me and that's where that not listening comes in it's making an assumption that she said something that that she actually didn't say or making an assumption that what she said isn't valid or doesn't make sense because it doesn't make sense to you. And you need to get more comfortable asking, oh, why do you feel that way? Like, that's great. Wow, that's crazy you feel that way. I would never feel that way. Why do you feel that way? Because all of clients of mine being like, she's crazy for saying this. And I'm like, is she? Is she crazy for saying that? Like, there's a reason why she's saying that. Why don't you, did you ask her why, like what she meant by that? No, because it's ridiculous. Maybe it's ridiculous to you, but to her, it's not ridiculous. And we have to understand why it's not ridiculous to her. Instead of making an assumption and getting all emotional about it, we need to understand it. So it's bringing back that curiosity. No matter what she says, never assume you know the answer because most likely you don't. And most likely she does not know your answer, right? We need to ask each other why we say the things that we say if we're not clear about it and get curious about it versus assuming we know why they said that. You may know someone and have known them for 20 years, but if they say something and you're a little confused by it or if it's not direct, You need to ask further questions, open questions, to get the full story. And when you do this, guys, when you get the full details, think about how much more confident that makes you feel. 
Because it's like, all right, now I'm not playing guessing games. And this is often another reason why men think women play guessing games. When really you just have to ask more open-ended questions. And I'm not saying this is your fault. I'm just saying this is what men tend to do. And women tend to expect men to know certain things sometimes. Um, We expect that of each other, you know, like it's just like, you should be able to do this. And it's like, okay, but if we never learned this and we never practiced it, then we need to help each other as a team when we're at fault with something or when, you know, something for us isn't, isn't working communication-wise. And it's okay to not know how to communicate your feelings. But the only way you get better is to get curious about yourself and more curious about the person you're communicating with. You don't get better by shutting down and you don't get better by making assumptions or getting aggravated or saying, whatever, I don't need this. That's not what gets you better. What gets you better is leaning into the discomfort of, all right, this is like an awkward question, but I just need to ask it. Otherwise, I won't get my answer. Here goes. And doing it, right? And if you're asking questions and you're constantly shut down by her, and she's like, just stop asking questions, then that's not a partner who's on your team. That's not a partner who cares. And you have to rethink if you want to stay with that partner. Um, and, and sometimes your partner will say, okay, I can't do this right now. And it could, be, it could be a matter of you saying, well, when can we do this? Because this is really important to me. Can we do this tomorrow on your lunch break? Can we do this tomorrow after work? And then getting the answer, yeah, let's do it then. Okay, cool. I'm going to come up to you tomorrow after work and we'll talk about it on the couch. That's effective. It's also respecting your partner's boundaries in the moment because we can't always expect people to share openly about things at every moment just because we're being open. You know, we also have to acknowledge that they may not be ready to answer that question, maybe need some time to think and are a little thrown off because you're not, they're not used to talking this way with you. So maybe they need some time. But as long as you know you're being respected and the conversation will happen and you know when it's going to happen in the future, then that's what you have to look at. Don't see it as rejection. Just see it as, okay, she's not ready for this conversation right now, but I did make a point to have this conversation in the near future and we're going to, we're going to start with where we're both comfortable. All right, so I know this is a lot. Um, but this was kind of, you know, me going on a few tangents, um, that come from the importance of open questioning in your communication and for you guys to have the understanding that the better you get at asking questions and the more you lead with curiosity, the more confident you're going to be as men. This is not about doing everything that's best for your female partner and leaving yourself in the dust. This is more for you than for anyone. 
And I'm not saying it's not to benefit her also. Of course, this is benefiting you both as a team. And I hope you see that. I hope you see that this is making you more confident and more comfortable having conversations and standing up for yourself. And and this will make you more comfortable in setting boundaries and expressing your emotions and getting answers from her so that you feel better in the relationship as a whole and getting to the point where you can try new things in bed. You know, this one tool, sex communication tool of open conversations is can do so much for your life, for your sex life, for your relationship as a whole, for your entire life as a whole. It really did change my life when I learned this skill. Because as I said, whenever I feel like oh, I didn't, I feel like I need more, <laughs> like I didn't get my answer. It's just like, oh, wow, I didn't ask an open question. Okay, let's do that again. And I'll catch myself and I'll go back and I'll ask an open question to make sure that I get the answers I need so that I'm not living in anxiety. So I still work on this too. Um, so you guys aren't alone. This isn't like men need to do this thing. This is we all need to do this more thing right? I just speak to men because my whole business is marketed to men. Um, which is funny because I get so many comments of, thank you so much for, for like, I love what you do. I love that like you specialize in men. And then I get a ton of comments that are like, what about her? <laughs> like, like, look, I can't specialize in men and come from her side, like speak to women at the same time. Like I either speak to you guys or I speak to both men and women. And I don't want to do that because then I'll stop marketing to just men and then it won't be as effective for you. So, so yeah, my intention is always to speak directly to, um, to men so that you guys feel heard and you know, I'm speaking to you and giving you all the tools you need to improve yourself because that's what we can control. Right. And I'm not saying women don't have to do work. They do. Um, I do. Women I know do. We do. (laughs) It's just a matter of this platform that I'm speaking to you on is meant to give you the tools that you're in control over. So I hope that was helpful. If you want more communication content like this, but more specific and giving you actual tools to walk away with, um, then, I mean, this is a tool to walk away with. But if you want more specific strategy, that's what's going to be on my How to Get More BJs and Get Her in a Sexy Mood Masterclass. So like I said, that's next Thursday, October 6th at 8 p.m. Eastern on Zoom. And if you can't make it live, you can have ac- you will get access to the recording. So whether or not you can make it live, still sign up because you'll still receive the training and then be able to watch it at any time. All right, guys, that's it. Have an amazing morning, evening, or night, wherever you are in the world, and I'll talk to you soon. I hope this episode helped you. If it did, I would love for you to leave me an iTunes review. It would mean the world to me. You can also screenshot your favorite episodes and tag me on Instagram at Steph Ganowski. And before I go, remember, your sex life is as good as you make it out to be. Until next time.